Welcome to the Spiritually Intimate Podcast, a podcast exclusively for people who wake up every morning, meditate, do yoga, and spend the rest of their day saving baby whales. (laughs) Not. The Spiritually Intimate Podcast is for women who boldly pursue love, success, and a higher vision of life for themselves and those that they influence. We're your hosts, Andrew Crowder and Blair Dreesen. Join us for unfiltered, unsupervised, and possibly unsubstantiated conversations about when spirituality meets life, love, sex, and career. Let's go to the show. We probably should. Okay, guys. So just want to, you know, reel you in here and catch you up what we're talking about. So... On the last episode, you guys got to hear Kyle throw Blair a little bit underneath the bus. And we're Not having even a little. It a was lot. a full-on threw me under a bus. Yeah, it was a total dick move. <laughs> but like he didn't even recognize that what he was saying was like so douchey. And he's like, what? He did not get it. So Blair had this big revelation. Share your revelation. <laughs> It was funny to me that it just didn't remind me in the moment as it was happening. I think I was like in the matter of like shock of like, is he really saying this right now? Like in this moment, I was so shocked. But then like today we were on the phone. I was telling him how I was like, everybody wants to hear this episode of you throwing me under the bus. And I was like, and this is like not the first time that you've done this. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, um, at your sister's wedding, he was asked by his sister to like write, you know, some words of something and like stand up in the middle of their ceremony ceremony and like say whatever was on his heart about marriage. And like he had written something. I saw what he wrote and it was like really epically beautiful. But like, if you know my husband, like he starts, he gets up and he starts talking and he literally goes against everything that he's written down. And he says something to the effect of like, I mean, I know I haven't been married as long as maybe everyone else has, but it feels like it's been a long time. And he he said it in this way. And like the whole room is pretty quiet. And it's like a small, intimate wedding. It's not like a big church. It's not a big room. It's like very small. I want to say maybe like 50. Maybe a hundred people. Is life like, just really drags on when you're Yeah, he said it's been like <laughs> so long. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, all I could say I was all, huh. Like, and I said it really loud. I didn't even realize how loud it came out until like <laughs> everyone else around me hears me. And then like his awkward. brother. Yeah, it got real awkward. His brother is sitting in front of me, he turns around and he just starts laughing. He was like, Oh, that was bad. And I was like, what the fuck? And then he, it did, it exited his brain. Like he didn't even realize he said this until afterwards, like people were coming up to us at the reception and they were like, oh, what your husband said, that was so funny. So what you're saying is, is that from now on, Kyle stays behind the scenes. He is not allowed <laughs> microphones in his hand. Yeah, because you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Apparently, it's jabs at his wife, and then he has no recollection of it whatsoever until everybody's telling him. I'm kind of glad that we recorded this, so then I can play it back and be like, see, babe? The best part, though, you guys, is like I'm sitting here listening to Kyle say this about Blair, but normally if I hear, you know, Kyle come home and Blair and I are, you know, having a meeting and we're on Zoom and Kyle comes in and he'll start talking about like if he had a rough day and Blair's like, oh, I'm so sorry, honey. Like, can I get you something? Like, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. And she's just like the sweetest, most attentive, like genuine woman. And I'm like, 
number one, how can I get myself a Blair? Like I need to get myself a wifey. <laughs> and number two, I was like, Blair, keep it down. You're making me look bad. If Jeremy hears you being so sweet, because he comes in the door and he's like, I've had a rough day. And I'm like, sorry about that, babe, but you better just fucking just handle your shit. Like stop bitching, stop complaining, get over it, man up. Like <laughs> I have like zero empathy for his any sort of like, you know, down day for him. If he's sick, I'm like, you're faking it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's so funny because Kyle always says that Jeremy makes him look bad because Jeremy will go over and beyond and do all these, like, like when we were in Vegas and he like sent you like, what did he send? He's in like a teddy bear and some goodies and stuff. Like, and he got me and Kyle, like all involved in it and called us and like, got us to order all these That's things because he was real. deployed. Yeah. So he'll like, he'll go, I mean, he does that stuff anyway. Like he did it actually at the last leadership event. So to catch you guys up, Jeremy had been deployed. Um, he normally would go to this fall event with me. He couldn't obviously go with me that year and we were in Vegas. And so we had gone to this restaurant and I sat down at the restaurant and apparently he had organized this big, huge situation with the restaurant to send champagne to the entire table. And he had had somebody from the restaurant go to the gift store and get me flowers and a teddy bear and just made this very big gesture. And honestly, like the most beautiful part was that the restaurant didn't end up charging us for all the champagne that he had ordered because they thought it was such a sweet gesture that he was calling from a fucking deployment zone. So, okay. He, yes, Jeremy does know how to make really grand gestures. And that is one of the things that I do absolutely adore him. But I do feel like Kyle's really good at those day-to-day moments of just like picking up and rallying when you need, like, I mean, you came home and he had cleaned the whole house and like hung yes. your bralettes on the special copy hang, cop, or <laughs> copper hangers. And yes, so he does do wonderful things like that. But it was funny because I like looked at him. He has like, no recollection than- of the wonderful things that you do. He's just like <laughs> he trying to endure the marriage moment to moment. It was like later on that night, I definitely did one of the typical wife moments, right? Where I looked at him and I'm like, so what moment exactly was it that you were wondering? <laughs> we should talk about this. <laughs> and he just looked at me and he was kind of like, he had that, mo- that look like, what? What are you Didn't talking about? <laughs> like, do you not remember how you threw me under a bus? like a couple hours back on the podcast. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm, okay, dude. Awkward. <laughs> Selective memory. Of course. Convenient. All right, you guys. So we wanted to, first of all, talk about what a shitty asshole Kyle is for at least the first seven minutes. <laughs> we had to. Um, anyways, no, that's real life. Like we were sitting here chatting and I was like, we should probably just hit record and share this with everyone else. Cause I feel like you guys would be entertained by this whole conversation <laughs> as much as we are. Um, true story though. Blair is truly like one of the most awesome wives. I, I swear like all my friends are super, like you're made to be awesome wives and I'm just over here barely surviving. Like, <laughs> don't leave me. You don't give yourself enough credit. You're an awesome wife and I see how you treat him. You guys... You can tell, like if if any of you guys ever have the wonderful ability just to be able to spend time with the two of them and like be around their energy, you can just see like the love. They have like really great banter and they're just absolutely hilarious, but you can feel like the love and the energy between the two of them. We do have really epic sarcasm banter moments that are super fun. And that is the thing, like sometimes I could, if there was a sharp object close enough, (laughs) probably actually use it. So, but it's like fire and ice, right? Like you get the highs and the lows and it's not a perfect marriage, but I would say like 90, 
95% of the time, I still want to make out with my husband in like the worst way. And I'm so thankful to be able to say that. The other 5%, I genuinely do actually want to slit his throat. So it's just better that I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to conceal and carry. <laughs> Safer that way. Okay. So let's get into the show for today. So, all right. We're at the end of 2018. We're Blair and I are just aching to just sprint into 2018. We have so many amazing things planned for our personal lives, but more specifically for our business, because obviously we just launched Spiritually Intimate. We've just launched the Spiritually Intimate podcast, rebranding from you know Sexy Little Soul. So here we are on the second episode into that and so many more great you know things to come. Our creativity is spinning out of control. Somebody should stop us. I feel like maybe a little Xanax might be in order throughout the year just to make sure we tone it down a little bit. Probably not. We probably might reach for the cocaine. We don't know. We just can't predict what's going to happen. <laughs> Funny story. P.S. Just like a little side note. We were sitting on my balcony the other night with our neighbors and my neighbor just randomly pops up and said, if you could do any drug and not die, <laughs> but you could only pick one for the rest of your life, what drug would you pick? And we're all just looking at him like, hmm. Plot twist. Okay, we're talking about this now. <laughs> but it was just like the funniest conversation. I was like, mm, the the you know traditional stuffy lawyer who comes home in his you know BMW and his nice suit and you know speaks all the lawyerese. Um, all of a sudden, is now talking about illegal drugs and. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right, back to it. So let's talk about goal setting and vision boarding. Um, And we're just going to take you guys through our normal rituals of what that looks like when we start to feel into the goals that we're pumped about and start to actually hash them out so that we can make sure that we're not just, you know, sitting there talking out our ass about the things that we want to accomplish in the next year and that we actually get some shit done. So Blair White and kick it off. Well, first thing I want to start with is actually saying like, I think for a lot of people, they typically do the the standard, they sit down and they start writing out all these goals and things that they want to achieve. And I used to do that. And I always found that I wasn't really necessarily sticking to any of the things. And then I'd always feel like, completely defeated like a couple months in and then by like, you know, half year in, I was just like, fuck it. Like clearly I can't achieve any of these goals. Why do we even set goals at the beginning of the year? But what I felt was like a really big shift for me was when I started shifting into um, setting the intention and um, having like a word, a theme, a feeling of what I was wanting to have for that entire year. And I know like you do basically similar as well, Andrea. And I feel like that really was the thing that shifted. And I feel like most people, when they remove doing like a standard, like these are the goals I'm going to hit versus how do I want to feel and like really like asking themselves better questions so that they can just set an overall intention for the year. Can I ask you a question then? Okay. So let's go back to the fact that you were setting goals and then you were starting to feel a little defeated because you weren't hitting goals. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering now that you know what you know about needing your head and your heart to be aligned, because I know like, especially when we both come from, you know, starting our careers in the network marketing world, um, I know it's really easy to start setting goals because your network marketing company or, you know, the company that you work at might dictate, okay, here's the benchmarks. These are the goals that we reward. Mm -hmm. Do you think some of those goals, you were setting goals because you thought you should, 
or maybe you were thinking logically, oh yeah, that sounds nice. Oh yeah, I might like that reward, but maybe your heart wasn't connected with it also. Take us through that. I mean, I think it's a combination of that. But when I first, actually, when you started saying that, the thing that came up for me more was that I feel like I, and I think this goes for a lot of people, we set goals that we think we should be hitting, right? Whether that's, like you said, whether it's a business goal that we think that our, our, you know, our business is setting for us, if you're in a network marketing business or, or whatever it is, you think like, this is quote unquote, this is what I should do if I'm a lawyer, or this is what I should say I should do if I'm a doctor or whatever it is, right? Or what society tells us we should do. Oh, these are the things I should be doing in order to be successful. And what I have found is that there's a lot of times you're going to go push for certain goals and you're going to reach the goal and you still feel empty or you're feeling unsatisfied. And it's because you're pushing for goals and not really going for the overall feeling of what you're wanting to feel every single day. And so there's automatically a disconnect between the goal and how you want to feel. And it was only through reaching a goals that really weren't aligned for me and realizing like, that's not really what I was wanting. And also recognizing that when you start moving towards things of overall, like what, how do I want to feel? What do I want to create? How do I want to expand and grow? What do I want my life to really ultimately feel like and, and look like? It sometimes isn't the end goal we have envisioned in our mind, right? It's like we say like, oh, I want this thing, but it ultimately it's something else that's far greater than that. And it's different looking than what we have written out on paper. So at first I feel like the expectation of this is so normal. We've all done this. Like we think, I will feel better when, and then Mm -hmm. the when is, you know, when I lose the 30 pounds, when I have my first thousand dollar week, when I hit my first six figure year, when I find the dream man. And so that is something I've done so many times. We expect the outcome or the reward from hitting the goal to equal the internal fulfillment. And we're waiting for the feeling before we're happy. Yes. So good. And it's like, what if you could already feel happy and complete in your body and it not be necessarily about what it says on the scale or what, how about feeling happy and loved and secure and yourself versus looking at outside for somebody else to come into a relationship and meet that for you. It's, this is like, so often people do this with money and relationships, Mm -hmm. but like, I will feel secure when I have $10,000 in my bank account. I will feel secure when I have the man sleeping by my side every single night. I will feel safe. And oh man, that's like, that came up in my inner child healing the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Which the thing is, is people don't understand is the minute you start connecting into that, and you start creating that for yourself and you realize that you're the one who can provide all of those feelings for yourself and not be looking at outside of yourself, you're then going to start attracting in the very things that you're wanting. You're going to attract in more money. You're going to attract in the love relationship and the business and the growth that you're wanting to see. But it ultimately starts with setting the intention of, but how do I want to feel Mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what does that look like for me versus, oh, what are all these goals I think are going to produce this thing for me? Right. What is it? What is the feeling that I'm looking for when I hit the goal and how can I feel that now? Because that's the secret of manifesting. That's manifesting 101. What do you want? 
How is it going to feel when you get there? How can you feel like you already have it? How can you, you know, act as if and be in the vibration of the already having it? Because then you have zero resistance and it can get to you fast because now you're vibrational match for it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm so glad that you started us there because I feel like it's great to think, you know, okay, I'm going to make a vision board and I'm going to put a new car on there and I'm going to put a new, like an upgraded ring, or you want all these external things. And by no means are we saying that you shouldn't have those external things on your vision board or want or desire them. You can want and desire anything you want to. That is a part of your human experience, your divine choice. However, what we're saying is ask yourself, what is the feeling that I think this thing, this external thing or hitting this goal or the accolades or the experience is going to provide me? And how can I not wait to have that? How can I feel that now? And I did a big Facebook live on this like a while back and kind of went on I wouldn't say a mini rant. I would say it was a pretty substantial series <laughs> rant. <laughs> I love how um, you like you tried it like mm. I don't think it was that no. bad of a rant. I was going to say sure. mini, but no. It was, no. It do was you do mini. anything mini? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Um, so basically the whole point of it was uh, if you, you know, summed it all up into two minutes, it, I, it was basically trying to say that Every single time we set a new desire at the end of our life, if we look back, let's just step into our, you know, super sexy, you know, 78 year old shoes and you've got that banging bod, the happy life, you know, still have the amazing relationship, the house, the home, the, all of the things like at the end of the day, what did you want all of those things to make you feel? And what do you care about most? And I think if I were to assume what type of perspective that I would have at that age, it would be, I just want to be happy. And am I doing things that can make me happy now? If you look and you start to dig five layers deep of, I want more money. Well, why do you want more money? Because I want to be able to pay my bills and I want to have extra money. Well, why do you want to have extra money? What, do, what would you want to buy? Well, I would like to be able to buy a car that's not going to break down on me. Well, why would you want to buy a car that's not going to break down on me? Because it would make things easier. Why would it make things easier? Or how would it feel to make things easier? Uh, it would just make me happy. Like if you just dug enough layers deep among everything at the end of the day, you just want to feel happy and you just want to feel good. And as soon as I realized like, wait, the whole fucking point is to feel good. God damn that Abraham Hicks <laughs> and the Wayne Dyers of the world. It's just like Wayne Dyer used to always say, I just want to feel good. I just want to feel God. And so it's just his little mantra. If I can feel good, then I'm feeling God. If I can feel good, then I'm feeling God. Then I'm in alignment with source creator God. And I'm like, oh, well, that's easy. That's really all he was trying to say the, the entire time is whatever we do, just do something that makes you feel good. And I think for some people though, they get caught up in that. Like one, they're like, is it really that simple? Yes. It really is that fucking simple. You're just overcomplicating the hell out of it. But also sometimes you just have to recognize that sometimes you have to feel bad in order to start feeling good. Like we have to get sometimes a little bit of what we don't want in order to get the clarity of what we do. Mm -hmm. And so if you're sitting here and you're like, well, I've just had a shit show of my life. It sounds super fucking easy for Andrea and Blair to be like, oh, I just want to feel good. And you're thinking our life is already well they're already living a life that looks really fucking good. It's because like me and Andrea have experienced a lot of fucking pain and 
we've taken that and asked better questions and looked at how does this serve me? How does this grow me? Why is this happening for me? And what do I want to shift? I know I don't want to feel this way because this does not feel fucking good at all. So how can I make it shift into what I do want? Right. And I love that we you know, talked earlier about some of the questions that we want to ask when we bring people onto the podcast. And one that Blair had thought she really felt compelled to ask was, when has there been a moment in your life where you thought like, this is just so fucking shitty? And what do you know now, now that you have enough hindsight, what do you know now um, that can show you how that wasn't happening to you and how that was happening for you? And the first thing that came to my mind was when I was 19 years old, pregnant, just got dropped off on the side of the road with all of my belongings in a black trash bag and not a penny to my name and had to collect call to get somebody to come pick me up off the side of the road. If you guys remember what collect calling is, that was a really (laughs) fucked up day. (laughs) The father of my unborn child basically said, you got to get out and, you know, packed me up, put me, me and all my belongings in his car and left me on the sidewalk at the Federal Way Mall, the SeaTac Mall, if anybody's from Federal Way. So yeah, bad day. It was definitely a day where I thought, "Mm, could it get any worse? Like why God? Why am I going through this? Why'd he leave me? How come I couldn't be the one? And I sat there and I thought for so long, like, how can I get him back? And like, I wanted to, you know, raise my unborn son together and have a family And now I look back and I have enough perception or uh, what word am I looking for? Perspective. Perspective. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have enough perspective to see where there were so many moments that God saved me from not Mm. still being in that relationship. He's a good, like PS, he's a good human being. We were young teenagers who were in a really fucked up situation. He got two girls pregnant within two weeks of each other. And he panicked and he made some poor decisions. And I carry no, I I don't feel any sort of way about him. I just pray that he lives like his very best life. And I feel like I won the lottery because had he not left me, Jeremy and I wouldn't be sitting here celebrating 15 years together. Mm -hmm. Um, We've raised both of our children as, you know, a family. They've had the traditional nuclear family experience where they got to have the same mom and dad in their household for their entire lives. And for the most part, it's been really fucking good. Yeah. We've had struggle bus moments, but had he not left me on the side of the road and me not sat there basically pregnant, homeless, and broke as fuck, I would not have the life that I have today. Guaranteed. So interesting that you brought this up because I was literally, I was doing an energy session and Andrea knows a Kristen and she actually had had her on her podcast before. So you can go back and listen to that um, episode and learn a little bit about Kristen, but I was doing an energy work with her and she literally like tapped right into this with healing work that I need to be doing around my (laughs) ex-husband because I'm sitting, I messaged Andrea right after and it was almost kind of like a temper tantrum. Like my ego came out and I was like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to go do the healing work around that. I thought I was like, I was in this space of like, I'm better. I'm fine. I don't have to deal with this. I mean, I deal with it every now and then. Cause I mean, we still have, you know, we co-parent my oldest who is going to be 17 in March and 
But for the most part, I was just kind of like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. And it clearly came up that girl's not fine. Like there's still some things that are there. And so it's a lot of stuff that I know I need to, to, to go into. But when I look back at it, I think all that stuff too. It's like, if I hadn't gone through that, I would not be where I am now. I would not be with my husband now. I would not have grown into the woman that I am now or the mother that I am now. Like all of these experiences opened up the door for so many other things. But in the moment, like I was going through a nasty divorce and I don't ever really talk about it all that much. And that's probably, that was one of the things too. She was like, you need to open up like and stand in your power. And like, you have anger in there and you just need to lose your, use your voice and like talk things out. And it was just like all this stuff that I was like, that I have like pent up in me that I was like, clearly I have not spoken it and gotten it out of me. <laughs> but I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> You guys, should we go into this right now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like is this what we need to know? <laughs> um, all right, everybody, go get some popcorn, add a little butter, <laughs> pour yourself a drink. <laughs> Let's open some shit up. Let's do some healing today. <laughs> Let's do some healing. It's like we're setting intentions. Blair's gonna heal herself. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, this shit's going down right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, no, I feel, and it's so funny because like we came on here to talk about like goal setting and here we are. And actually this is the work you guys, because mm-hmm. my, if I were to guess based off of my own history, a lot of the times when I am not moving forward in my life or hitting specific goals, it's because I have shit that I haven't dealt with yet. And I'm not actually a believer that we have to heal every fucking wound that's ever happened to us. But I do believe sometimes when you have energy inside that may need to get released, that might need to happen. So you speaking your truth, whether it's to him, whether it's on a podcast, whether it is to a therapist and you just saying, you know what? No, this wasn't okay. And yes, I do deserve. And no, I will not tolerate that. And yes, this is my new boundary. And no, he can't treat anybody else that I love this way. And whatever that looks like for you, for you to stand in your truth and to speak that, I feel like that's healing. When we sit there in a therapist for seven years and we tell the same story over and over and over, I just feel like that that is what creates um, an, an ability to move forward. And I think it keeps well, people feeling unsafe. I'm a firm believer in that how you show up in one area in your life is how you show up in all areas of your life. And so it's one of those things where it's like, I'm clearly not... I'm not in a space where I've clearly like detached emotion enough around it. And even though I may not be consciously like sitting in it and thinking about it, I'm clearly some emotional states are within me that are still feeling it and still vibrating it. And it's still affecting me in other ways of where I know I need to like step in and like speak more of my truth. And I was like, this was an area of my life, which is a huge chunk of my life that I didn't feel that I could really speak and be true to myself. And I kind of held back in a lot of ways. So Blair is going to be doing a lot of clearing, but like we said, we went into this talking about setting intentions and I had yet to really, like I had a general idea of what I was wanting to set intentions wise for the new year, but I hadn't really firmly landed somewhere. And after this morning, I'm like, this gives me some stuff that I need to kind of like 
sit with and be with so that I can start looking at, okay, how do I want to shift this and set intentions for the new year? Clearly, obviously one being me standing in my own truth, using my power, using my voice. And what does that really look like? And what does that feel like? Yeah. I love that. Okay. So if you guys are feeling resistance around setting specific goals, there just might be some shit that you need to handle first. I do Mm. let me go back and say that I am a huge believer in therapy. I do think it's just very important that you find the right therapist that is going to help you move through that. Oh yeah. Most important thing. Okay. So let's, let's talk about intentions because we touched on this at first and I want to circle back just to make sure that we get, you know, or give full understanding about what setting an inspired intention feels like, because in a world where there are a lot of like standards and expectations of what your life should look like, you should graduate high school, you should go to college, you should get yourself into fuck tons of debt, you should go get an entry level job where you can barely pay your bills, let alone pay your student debt. You should then get married. You should then have a baby, like then have the way, but there's a lot of standards and expectations. You could should all over yourself. If you didn't notice Andrea just did, she just should all over herself. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Many times. And I still do every once in a while where I'm like, oh, I should do this. And I, now it's a trigger word for me. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't like that word. Um, (laughs) what I want to do. Um, and so the first thing is when you start to create new goals for yourself, the goal needs to feel like, like oxygen, like it's moving through you almost like a candle needs oxygen in order for the fire to burn. So you need those, you need the wick, you need the wax, you need the fire and you need the oxygen. All of those components are really, really important for you to be able to light the candle and for it to continue to burn. And I think what happens a lot of times is people set goals that they think that they're supposed to set but they don't feel like the oxygen breathing life into them. It doesn't feel, I've heard Susie Batiste who owns the poopery company. She calls them alive ideas. And Mm, I I really love that. I know it's so good. Like it's the perfect simplistic description of what um, an inspired idea should feel like. It should feel alive. It should feel exciting. It should feel like you want to water it. It shouldn't feel like you have to water it. It shouldn't feel like you're supposed to water it. It should feel like you want to keep it alive. It should feel like you want to see it grow. It should feel like you want to cultivate that soil. It should feel like desire, not discipline. And those two words, I fucking, I think that the word discipline is a dirtier word than fuck. You guys know I love the word fuck. <laughs> But I do. I think as soon as you start to say like, well, I just need to be more disciplined. And I'm like, but why? Like if you're working towards alive ideas, discipline is not necessary. It feels like desire. You want to do it. You don't need someone to hold you accountable to showing up for it because you want it so bad. So think back right now in your life. When have you accomplished something that didn't feel like work? Yeah, you had to show up for it. Yeah, you had to take action. You had to move forward. You had to do some things, but it didn't really feel like work. Those, my friends, those are alive ideas. That's what we want you to start with. So what I like to do is I like to go through my list of what, like, what do I want? And I kind of wait for my head to go through the list and then my heart or my belly or my body will give me a signal. And for me, it feels like a ping or sometimes I call it 
pop rocks because I used to love pop rocks when I was a kid. <laughs> and it's just like a great analogy of like the pop, 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 pop. And you start to feel that sensation in your body where it's like, ooh, that feels exciting. Ooh, that feels alive. Ooh, that feels inspiring. Ooh, that feels like desire. So when the head and the body signal together, that's when you know. It's when the head is like, logically, I probably should do this. Logically, this makes sense. Logically, this would make my life better. But you don't get the body signaling to you saying that this is your idea. This is what you should be focusing on. It's not the right one. It doesn't mean like if you don't have the head and your heart aligned on a business idea that might make you money, that now all of a sudden you can't make money. It just means that's the wrong idea. I you know, was thinking about some new ways to bring in different um, streams of revenue in this next year that would be a little bit more passive. And I was like, oh, I could do this. And I checked in with my body and my body's like, mm, nope. Would it have made me a lot of money? Yes. Could I have executed it? Yes. Would it have been successful? Yes. I didn't want to. My, my head and my heart were not aligned. So I just kept going through the things. And surprisingly, my head and my heart were aligned with bringing in a couple more one-on-one clients. And I was like, that's weird because normally my head and my heart are not aligned in that area. I don't <laughs> I only take on one one-on-one client at a time if that. Sometimes I don't take on any. So I was like, that's weird. All of a sudden I'm having this desire to take on maybe one or two extra one-on-one clients. And I was like, okay, now I know what I want. Now I have to ask myself why, aside from the money, the money's already going to happen. I know that I'll make money doing whatever it is that I decide to do. What do I want? Are the head and the heart aligned when I think about that particular desire? And then why? Why do I want this? How does this align with my brand? How does this align with my overall vision? How does this align with something that I feel excited about executing? How does this align with a passion? How does this align with a purpose? Pulling back into like this deep why of like, why do I feel like I actually want to show up? Why do I feel like I might have to face some fears executing the new thing? Why would I be willing to face those fears? If you're going to start a brand new thing that you've never done before, maybe you're going to start a business. Why would you be willing to face all those little fear gremlins that are going to come up? You have to know that because if you don't have the why, the why is like your ammunition to shoot the little fear gremlins to make sure that they don't keep you from moving forward. So what do you want? Why do you want it? Most people do this backwards and they say, what do I want and how do I get it? Mm, Yeah. Wrong question. Well, and I think too, this goes into like, so for me, like it's very similar process that Andrea is doing, but I'm also, I've, I've kind of shifted a couple things. I mean, I'm definitely checking in with body and I'm feeling how it feels in my body. I think that you're, people are, they're so stuck up in head because that's, they're logically making all the decisions versus dropping into body and really feeling into their emotions and what is really coming in for them. And I think that if you're not somebody who's used to doing this, like getting into meditation, tapping in and asking, setting the intention to speak to your highest self or to receive some guidance from the universe, allow yourself some time to be like, send me signals, send me guidance, God, universe, angels, highest self, whoever, and kind of lean into allowing things to kind of come through. I also, um, for me, I have found that better understanding my human design has also given me better understanding of how 
my intuition is speaking to me and how I'm making decisions. Like for Andrea, obviously her body and her gut, that's like strongly where she's going to receive the yes and the no's for her when it comes to making decisions and listening to her intuition. For me, I have found really allowing myself time to like speak out those things or even like journaling it out, but like also kind of ranting it out and talking it out. The more that I can hear myself talking my things, I can actually lead myself to the answer that I'm needing. And then I can drop back down into body and I'm like, Ooh, yeah, that fucking feels, that feels right. Because sometimes up in my head, it's just going so much that I'm like, I, I need to get out and start talking it out. And then my soul voice comes out as I'm talking. Same thing that. with, yeah. And same with like intuitive, just like, just like, uh, ranting through journal writing, like having no expectations of like what I'm going to write. I just literally just free flow and just like whatever starts to come out and then I read it back and I've been reading it out loud to myself to hear it as I, as what I've said. And that has been guiding me a lot more. And I feel like that's a lot of the work. Like I know for me, it has been really helpful to me and just opening myself up to being more clear of what does my intuition sound like to me? Cause that's something like when I'm working with clients, I hear that is that their int- everybody's intuition is going to sound a little bit different like you can probably figure out your ego voice right away. So even writing out, if you can even just tap into what your ego voice sounds like, it's typically going to be the one that's asking all the, uh, why would you want to do that? You're too stupid to think to do that. You know, everybody else is better than you. Da da da. If you can figure out what the ego voice sounds like, then you can be like, okay, that's not true self Mm -hmm. and start tapping into, okay, but what would my soul say? What would my highest self say what's the intuition and typically that voice is a lot smaller and quieter but the more that you give yourself time to like really like drop into body and really listen that voice starts to become louder I love that I remember you were you know talking yesterday and you were saying how you would send me voice memos and then just delete <laughs> them because by the time you were done sending the voice memo you already got the answer that you were looking for and you didn't even have to send to me and I was like yes huh that makes a lot of sense so yeah you do have to kind of play around with it and see where do you find your own inner knowing but it is certainly never in the voice that says you don't have the resources for that you don't have the background for that you don't have the knowledge from that you're not pretty enough for that you don't have blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think that's the problem is people go to sit down and write out their goals and their intentions for the new year and their ego voice pops up, tells them all the things of which they can't do. And then they start writing the list that is basically coming from ego voice. It's the scared, the fearful, and then they're taking, and that's why they're not really creating the life that they want because they're taking actions based out of fear, out of fear versus or what they already know they're capable of because they've already done it before. So there's no growth and exactly. we're growth seeking human beings. So when you constantly finish year to year and you get to a new January and you're like, I didn't really go anywhere the last year, you start to think, well, maybe I'm just not capable or I'm just a failure or like all the bullshit lies that your ego wants to feed you only because your fe- your ego fed you the goals that we're safe, that weren't going to show growth, that we're only going to show what you'd already done to keep you from doing anything new that felt fearful or unsafe. Because our brains, if we're looking for our yeses and our noes in our heads, we're screwed because <laughs> our brains were 
not designed to make us happy. Our brains were designed to make us safe. Yes. And if we're looking into our head for the answers, we will always find answers that will try to keep us safe, which do not leave room for growth and expansion. So we've sat down and we've figured out the intentions. Mm -hmm. We're anchored in. And that's the thing too. I I look at it like I figured out my intentions. I figured out a word or a theme. And for me, that's like the anchor that kind of anchors it in for the year for me. Like it's that trigger for me with that word. Is that kind of how you look, look at it too, Andrea? Like it's the anchor? Um, I like choosing words, but I also am a manifesting generator and I like to switch shit up all the time. <laughs> so you really have to know yourself. And I felt like, okay, now that I know my human design and I know I'm a manifesting generator and I know I like to have my hands in a lot of different things. And I know I like to try new things and sometimes stop trying new things. I live by the core principle that I reserve the right to change my mind whenever the fuck I want to. So that's the other thing is like, sometimes we are, you know, quarter of the way through the year and we're like, I don't actually want to do that anymore. And our society celebrates finishers. And for, if you're a manifesting generator, you're generally not a finisher unless it's very micro specific things that you want to do for long-term that are like the thing for you. And that may not be the thing for forever. And here I am now with like a business that I thought would be my only business for the rest of my life. And now I have two more businesses and it's not what I think that I'll do for the rest of my life. And I can't even say I'm going to do spiritually intimate for the rest of my life because how the fuck would I know what I'm going to (laughs) want in 10 years? I know I'm going to do it. I have a knowing in my belly that it's for the next decade at least, but like that could change. And I reserve the right to change my mind. Like I reserve the right to change my mind about my marriage. I reserve the right to change my mind about my business. I reserve the right to change my mind about my hobbies. I reserve the right to change my mind about my style, whatever it is. I reserve the right to change my mind at any given moment. I could decide something today and change my mind tomorrow. And I give zero fucks and I will not say sorry for it anymore. At least I used to. That is such a freeing thing though. I think just for everyone in general, like even if you're not a manifesting generator and even if you're like, I don't even know what the fuck they're talking about right now. You should definitely go learn about human design. We'll probably have to do a call on human design. I had Paige on. freaking stalking a girl that I'm like, we need to have her on the show. (laughs) I've had Paige on. So we've- Oh yeah, that's right. You did have Paige on. And yes, Paige is amazing too. So- I feel like just even having that freedom of just being like at any point in your life, if you're not happy with what you're doing, you can change it. People give away the power. They're like, oh, I can't change this because of X, Y, Z. It's like, no, you can fucking change whatever you want. That's just a story. I a master's degree in this. So I should be doing this career because I already spent all the money and I spent all the years. And then you don't do the thing that you really, like Amanda Francis is, you know, one of my best friends. And I love her story because she has a master's degree in counseling And she didn't go into that traditional counseling field. She sells online courses Mm -hmm. and yes, she uses that knowledge and definitely builds it into what she teaches, but that's not what she does. And had she, um, and she had actually gone back to school to finish um, and get her PhD and she dropped out of her PhD program. 
a lot of people probably were like, what the actual fuck are you doing? You're putting your <laughs> PhD program to become a life coach, which back in the day was a super soft term that, you know, people kind of still felt weird about. And she just had a knowing and she didn't listen to all the people that said, well, the expectation is, and you already have invested this and this is who you are. And this is what your identity should look like. So this is how you should show up in the world. And she said, fuck it. Thank God she did because she has liberated thousands and thousands and thousands of people from, you know, all the different mindset blocks that they've had around money because she decided to choose to teach around money instead. And I'm just so thankful that there's people like that who were not willing to sit there and stay stuck because they had already invested a lot of time and created an identity around one specific thing. You reserve the right to change your mind whenever the fuck you want to. It's your life and it's a short one. It'll go by fast. Do what you want or you'll be pissed when you're like laying in your deathbed. Like, what was <laughs> I doing? <laughs> I'm such a weirdo where I think about that shit. I've thought about that shit since I was little. Like, how am I going to feel about this when I die? <laughs> strong sense of like my mortality and like I really fucking care about it. And I really care about like making every minute worth it. <laughs> I'm thinking, I mean you know, once we set intentions and I'm, I start thinking about, or like maybe what our audience is thinking about, like, okay, great and dandy. I've set my intentions and feeling into this and feeling really warm and fuzzy. But like a lot of times, even with goals or whatever it is, like we see this all the time, like people set goals for like, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. And then like they fall off in like a month or two if they even start to begin with. Right. So it's like, how do you create for me? I look at it like, how am I creating a supportive space for myself to continue energizing this intention that I've set for myself throughout the year. Energize the intention. I love that because you chose the intention to keep adding energy, Mm -hmm. not just expecting that it would continue to have energy. You chose to give it so good. And if you don't know me and Andrea, we're all about raising the energy. (laughs) Hence, like this is what spiritually intimate is all about. It's all about intentionally raising energy. It's for us, but it's also teaching other women how to do it in a simple, fun way. Like, I think that that's what we love most about what we do is being able to help other people in raising their, their own energy. Right. And teaching people to step into an intentional energy that you want to embody. And that could change moment to moment, day by day. And that is truly like what every, every piece of our brand is built out to teach people to step into that intention. That's why we created a clothing brand. Not because we like really super care about, you know, being clothing designers. I don't think that was either of our callings. (laughs) Well, no, FYI, no. Remember what you told me about freaking watching Saved by the Bell. I know. Being obsessed with, which one was it? Lisa Turtle. I thought it was me, Lisa Turtle when I grew up. (laughs) Lisa Turtle. I did. (laughs) But as I grew up, that wasn't like my passion anymore. That was like a fun creative outlet when I was a kid. (laughs) And I loved the idea of just having a creative job. That's why I ended up going mm. to art school. I never, you know, finished a degree, a degree, but I always like the idea of a creative job always felt very romantic to me. Um, so this is, and I continue to use creativity every single day in all businesses, whether I'm actually designing or, or not, but I don't feel my life purpose is to create clothing Yeah, I feel like my life purpose is to teach people how to step into an intentional 
energy that will make them an energetic match for what it is that they want. So then with that, if you're thinking, okay, you're going to set your intentions for the year and you're you're intentionally going to be re-energizing it throughout the year, what are the things that you're doing? Mm-hmm. So what I think about first is, okay, how, why do I want to achieve this goal? How do I want to feel when I get there? And how can I create a process to get there that is as fulfilling, exciting, and rewarding as the final, you know, finish line? So let's talk about fitness because most of the time people Mm -hmm. are like, you know, that sounds painful (laughs) to be quite honest. (laughs) And I used to think that too. Like if you thought that I was going to go to the gym with you for an hour willingly, mm -mm, you don't know me, girl. (laughs) Nope. Um, So I used to hate working out and what I started to do. And even now when I, like I had just been in the test group for a new fitness program that hasn't launched yet. And at first I did not like it. And at first I almost quit because I don't believe in doing anything that you don't actually enjoy. I think only say yes to the things that are energizing to you. And at first I didn't like it, but it was just weird how I had gotten accepted into that test group. I didn't like put my name in there. I didn't even know how I got in there. And so I just kept asking myself, like, it doesn't, I feel like I'm in here for a reason. So I kind of stuck with it, but I sat down one day after I had had another pity party of like, I fucking hate this workout. Why am I still doing it? And I sat down and I said, I'm either going to send an email right now and withdraw, or I'm going to find a way to make this fun. And that's what I did. I found a way to make it fun. I started asking myself, when have there been times where I've been exerting physical energy that I actually found joy and pleasure? So some of them are like when I'm outside and I can see scenery. So can I take my workout outside? Can I, you know, and then I started thinking like, sometimes I do like to work out, but I'm always listening to my playlist. And then I realized every single workout that I had done so far, I wasn't listening to music because I was trying to listen to the instructions since it was a new workout and it was a little faster paced. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not listening to all the songs that like get me feeling super powerful and motivated and excited. So music started happening. I gave myself permission to take more breaks because it was really challenging cardio. And I let go of the should, like I should push through it just because it's only 20 minutes. I um, allowed myself to take a break if I need to, if I needed to stop and do a dance break. I stopped and did a dance break and I shake that ass and (laughs) I literally did whatever it took. And some of those 20 minute workouts took 40 and I still got banging results and I had a blast doing it. And then the last thing I did was I remember that I do everything better in partnerships. And so I reached out to another girl who was in the test group and I said, I need somebody to do this with me, like side by side, like sister friends. And where we just check in with each other every single day, we'll share what we're eating. We'll share how the workout was like, and having the community was a game changer for me. So stop and ask yourself, how can I make the journey feel just as fun as you expect the desired outcome or the results to be. That would be like my best tip. No, I love all of that because I think that's a lot of like what I do is like finding ways to like make it more fun. Mm -hmm. And so like some of the things that I was thinking, like obviously like self-care is huge for me. I'm always thinking about like 
I should be caring for my body because that's your body is what is creating all the emotions. It's what's going to raise your energy. So you got to be moving your body in one way, shape or form. I'm very, a little bit more intuitive lately with my workouts. I have a workout system that I follow, but I'm also allowing myself, like if my body's just not feeling that, like I'm totally not going to judge going for a walk and just being outside and breathing fresh air. Cause that's what feels right. And feels good for my body in that moment. I think it's always about removing the judgment. I think that that most people, that's where they get hung up. They're like, I should do it this way. And then if they don't do it that way and they still are moving their body or they're still making a healthy choice in what they're eating, they're, they're just judging the whole process. And it's like, you're still doing better. Like let's just remove the judgment. Or even if you make a shitty decision, even if you sit on your ass and don't do anything for one day or eat a whole pizza, like whatever, like just don't judge it. Right. Like remove judgment and automatically, like you're not going to be lowering your vibes because it's one to go into judgment automatically. So I'm looking at other things that I do. I wrote down some things of how I'm going to create a supportive space and re-energize judgment thing I wanted to just drop in there like yeah you guys can go google and just type in like um the frequency of emotions judgment Mm. is a really low frequency emotion so go check that out and you can just see like if you're gonna choose to eat pizza and you're gonna judge yourself don't go run from the pizza but if you can eat a piece of pizza without judging yourself, have it and enjoy it and your body will process it beautifully. So pay attention to the motions that you're in while you're eating. Okay. Yeah, totally. And so other things that I look at, like when I'm creating supportive spaces is like, okay, what kind of rituals can I be bringing in? Essentially, that's kind of like even what got me and Andrea started in this process right now, like creating the spiritually intimate line is I'm bringing in crystals. I'm taking meditative baths. I'm looking at walking as I I call them like my high vibe walk time. I'm turning on music or a podcast, or I'm just listening to nature, whatever it is. Like I'm being very intentional in that time to just kind of re-energize myself and to just be reconnected with me within those rituals. I've done vision boards to kind of re click me back in. And the thing with vision boards, it's like, don't just fucking create it to create it. And just to be there, like, it's supposed to be something that's interactive with you to re-engage with the emotions and the intention that you set with it originally. So you can really like put your body in those states again. Um, obviously like I do like affirmations, my favorite thing that I did. I remember when I was like pushing for like a massive goal, a couple of years back, Um, I put post-its like literally all over my fucking house with like all these things. They were everywhere. (laughs) I remember that. They were fucking everywhere. And it was like all in my kitchen. They were in my bathroom. I had like a freaking vision board in my bathroom. And I really honestly say like, if you want to get your husbands to do things, I really feel like this was like, like subconsciously I was programming my husband because I had a whole bunch of shit written on there. And you know, dudes, they're like in there for fucking forever. So he would be like reading all my intentions. And I told Andrea today, I was like, I really honestly feel like when I get my husband aligned on things with me, even if he's not totally knowing, like it's more like if he understands the energy of which I'm pushing for something and he can get on the same wavelength of it, 
and kind of understand it a little bit. It's like, I can manifest it even that much more. It's probably because he's a manifesting generator (laughs) and I like can pull his little manifesting generator energy in with me. And I found like putting those things even in front of the toilet, I swear to God, it just like shifted the fucking energy. So I just around, I used to tell clients, I was like, just write things on there. Like take out the garbage every day. Wash my car, rub my feet. (laughs) Maybe they'll subconsciously be programming. (laughs) Uh, That's a little bit manipulation, but it's fine. We're into it. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. Um, But one thing I love that you brought in, Andrea, that I had even written down was um, basically like a buddy system. Right. It's like you need to pull people into your inner circle and have people that are on the same wavelength as you, even if they're not pushing for the same goal per se, but it's just people that can support your energy and they're not going to let you back down when things get tough. Because guess what? Life happens, kids get sick, shit fucking hits the fan, like whatever goes on in your life, like it's going to happen. But when you have your like inner circle and your support system, or it's like a mentor, you've hired a coach or, you know, it's just people that are your best friends that are like, like me and Andrea, we're on the same kind of path together. We know I can, I like, I can go to these people and I can have my little meltdown, right? Because we're all allowed to have a shitty day, but they're not going to let me live there or they're going to ask the better questions of me, or they're going to give me those support. And they know the things that are going to better help keep moving me forward to my intentions that year. I so agree with that. And then I highly recommend getting a human design reading because what I realized about myself and I understood then how I was able to be successful for so long in network marketing, but I don't have the energy or the focus for long-term goals as a manifesting generator. And so for me to commit to something that says like, I'm going to do this workout for the next 365 days, that would never happen. (laughs) (laughs) Three weeks of focus. That's as far as I get. But what I found about entrepreneurship that's really nice is that I might have an overall arching goal to be building the same business, but I have these like spurts of, okay, what project can I work on now? And then I just like burst into that project and then it fizzles out very quickly. And then I go to the next project and I did that in my network marketing business, but I would just have new different things like every month or every two months of like, okay, let's try it this way. Okay. Let's try it this way and do something different. Let me team up with this person. Let me try this training. Let me go to this class. Let me, you know, and I was constantly in creation mode doing new things. And that was why I had such such long-term longevity. But had I not been in a position where I could do that, I I might be that person that, you know, seems very unreliable if I commit myself to these really long-term. So just go get yourself a human design reading and become extremely self-aware because it will empower you to make decisions that will help you have the success that you're looking for. And no, like you can look back and you can see, that's why I never stuck to that. Or that's why that didn't work out for me is because you were literally working against your DNA. Yes. I feel like it's... extremely freeing being able to better understand yourself and how your energy chose. Cause we did our souls cho- chose this human experience and 
the energy that our soul chose to show up in this world. Like it gave so much clarity to me. And I've seen it like with my clients, like when I'm working with them and I get them to understand this, they're like, oh, now I get it. And then it's like their intuition is even more heightened because then they're accepting how their energy is meant to show up and they're not trying to judge it. They're not trying to work out of alignment. They're not trying to go back to what society is telling them they should be doing. They're having a much better understanding of like, no, this is why I continue to keep getting this feeling of this. Right. Why you might be feeling resistance towards something. Yeah. So yeah, I love that. Um, it's a miracle I've stayed married this long, by the way. I was thinking about that. I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> and he's a manifesting generator too. Yeah, we all are. Our whole family is. And that's why we have 80% projects finished throughout our entire house. <laughs> but what here's, okay, you guys, this is a great hack. If you're, if you know your manifesting generator and you have a house full of manifesting generators, what you do is you give yourself permission to start 80% of the goal or 80% of the project and then have somebody else come finish the last 20%. They'll feel more likely to say yes, to wrap it up, but you have to be willing to return that favor. When they mm. start one of their projects and they like, for example, my daughter loves to cook. I love to enjoy what she cooks. I need <laughs> Is that your that 20%? Part. You're like, my 20% is I eat what she cooks. No, <laughs> but I need to be willing to be the person to come through and like wipe. Cause I'll tell her you have to clean up your mess. So she'll kind of clean up her mess, but she will not completely clean up her mess. Like there's still flour on the counters. There's still shit on the floor. I just had to get over it and stop getting mad that she wasn't fully finishing the project and I would just come in and I would do the last 20% and wipe up behind her, but with the expectation that we all do that for each other. So that's actually how we survive in this, in the Crowder household is like, we all finish each other's projects. Jeremy just, like, built me a new deck, but he never threw away all the wood. So I had this like <laughs> six foot tall stack of wood sitting in my courtyard for maybe three and a half months. <laughs> and she's yet to shank him. <laughs> we just got rid of it. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because my household, so it's like, if you guys don't know this about me, I'm a projector and my husband's a manifesting generator. And somehow I birthed two manifestors, which are basically like a dying breed because we're getting more manifesting generators, these hybrids. And we don't need as many manifestors in the world because of just like with social media and stuff like that, manifestors can reach way more people these days than they could you know, way back in the day. So I found it very interesting that I birthed two of them and I've been being told that they can be the most interesting children to raise and be the most interesting people to be around, which I will say my children, both, they're very, um, they're both very different, but my daughter, she's like almost 17. She's like a little fucking Buddha. She is like, you get around her. Like She's so wise. wise. Like yeah. people get around her and they're just like, what the hell? Like they feel her energy immediately. Yeah. And then my, my son who's seven, he's a terrorist. <laughs> he's an actual terrorist. Uh, my one-on-one client, she's a manifester and her husband's a manifester. I was mm. like, what the hell? Like, it's so crazy. The last of you other. are in Blair's house and her house. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to understand them more because they're definitely, it's very, they're different. They're definitely very different, but I can see yeah. that within them, like their energy. And I can tell like, just like what they're bringing to the world is just like so different. It's beautiful trying to figure it out to raise them. But yeah, my whole energy in my household is very interesting. <laughs> I 
Amen. All right, you guys, to wrap it up, just remember, as you're setting goals for 2019, make sure your head and your heart are in alignment with the goals that you choose. You know what you want. Second step is why do you want it? And then let the how figure itself out. The how is irrelevant because as soon as you know what and as soon as you know why, that you will figure out the how. You will make the fucking way. Um, and then just make sure that you create a process that you are obsessed with, that feels exciting, that feels fun. And remember, last but not least, you reserve the right to change your mind about anything you want to. So we hope this was of service to you guys. Please, if you found any value in this episode or you just love us and you want to share, sharing is caring, please go ahead and share the Spiritually Intimate podcast to your uh, Instagram stories and maybe give us a little bit of a review or a shout out. We'd really appreciate you. We might give you a little highlight on the next podcast. Otherwise, we will see you guys next week. <laughs>